welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 203, A Conversation with a new turkey dogger with Daryl Hall, and I am your host, and the guy who, along with a few partners, just bought some property to set up our hunting camp on. So you guys know that we lost our lease on the club that we've been in for almost 30 years, and we all relocated, well all of us except for one, relocated to a club closer to home, and this particular hunting club that we joined doesn't have a camp house on it. So we have bought a little piece of property and we are going to set up our camp house on it. That way, no one can tell us we've got to get off the property. So I'm excited about that. I think it's a great opportunity for us. There are several hunting clubs around this piece of property. So I think we can make a go of it there for several years. But we've got to get camp set up soon because deer season is right around the corner and we will need a place to lay our heads down at night. And turkey season, as you may not know, is 177 days, 9 hours, 35 minutes, and 27 seconds from right now. So a few weeks ago, I got a message on Facebook from Daryl Hall. You know, last week I told you guys about Dave Lennox. This week I'm telling you about Daryl Hall. So we have all kinds of superstars that listen to this show. But I got this message from Daryl Hall. And the message says, Hey Andy, I enjoy listening to your podcast while I'm working on projects or anything that I'm doing around the house. I was listening to episode 174 again yesterday. And it is the recap of the NWTF convention. You spoke some on the turkey dog seminar. I was sitting in that seminar and I actually saw you come in. I didn't know who you were at the time. Long story short, I do have a turkey dog that I bought as a pup and trained. He is now two and going into his second season. And I think he'll be a hot rod this year. One thing that sticks out in my mind is that you said there were very few young people in there. That is correct. I was one of those. I have learned that there are only a few of us doing this at all in Kentucky. I was the third guy that owned a turkey dog, but have recently spoken with the turkey dog owner number four. There is a lot that goes into it, and for the most part, it is a lot of fun. I have actually found another pup that I may be purchasing just not sure yet. 
One thing for new people that want to try this is that they can't find much information on it at all. There are very few articles in magazines and very few videos on YouTube. So I got that message. Now, after reading that, I thought, you know, it might be a really cool topic for a podcast to have Daryl come on the show to talk to us about just how exactly he got into turkey dogging, how he found his dog, and get some input on the sport from someone who is new to it, someone who's just getting into it. So I messaged Daryl back, and I asked him if he'd join us for an interview, and well, here is Daryl Hall to talk about his entry into the sport of turkey dogging, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, I almost forgot to tell you that Daryl's cell phone cuts out on us a little bit during the conversation, but those cutouts only last a few seconds, and I know that you're going to get enough out of this interview that the few seconds of staticky cell coverage is not going to bother you. Now here's Daryl, and just pretend like this interruption never happened. Hey everybody, I am excited to tell you that I have on the phone with me today Daryl Hall from the great state of Kentucky, or I should say the Commonwealth of Kentucky, so I don't get in trouble. Daryl messaged me on Facebook a few weeks ago and was telling me that he just listened to the show, the episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast, where I replayed some of the turkey dogging seminar that was done at the NWTF convention in February, and that he was actually in that seminar. And he was telling me a little bit about the fact that he has just fairly recently gotten into the sport of turkey dogging. And so I thought it would be fun to get Daryl on the line and pick his brain a little bit about how do you get into this? Because not that it's such a well-known or well-kept secret, because turkey doggers will talk to you about turkey dogging, but there's just not a lot of printed information out there about this part of the sport of turkey hunting. And so I wanted to get Daryl on the phone today and just chat with him and pick his brain a little bit. So Daryl, how are you and where are you? I'm pretty good, actually. I just got off of work there about an hour ago and made it home and I'm doing pretty good. Good deal. And now what part of Kentucky are you in? I'm more so the southeastern part. I won't necessarily say the full eastern part, but I'm about an hour and a half away from the elk of Kentucky, and surely everybody knows okay. about the elk here. Yeah, so you're still in into some mountains over yeah, in your part yeah, of the state. Yeah, it, it's fairly mountainous, you know, deep ravines and hollers, pretty thick country, some flat open land, and some of the places that I do hunt, that's sort of a downfall because you will have an open field, and as soon as you get to the woods edge, it may go 20 yards and just drop off a, a cliff, you know. And right. So, therefore, it does honestly make turkey dogging a little more hard here, but, I mean, we're blessed with a lot of public land that, you know, we're able to hunt. It makes it a little bit better. You can cover a lot of land in a day's time, especially public, and never even run into anybody in the fall turkey hunting. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Kentucky's fall season, and it may change, and if you don't know the exact dates, that's fine. But so typically, yeah. when does fall season open in Kentucky? 
our archery season comes in with our deer season. It comes in the 1st of September, and it don't go out until it's like a second or a third Monday in January. But during that time, our crossbow season comes in, and you can harvest a deer or turkey with a crossbow starting in October the 1st. It goes out when our modern gun deer season comes in. In November, usually around the 15th, I think it's the closest to the 15th. And it comes in a little bit later, but I think it does go out December 31st with crossbow. Uh, we have two shotgun seasons, and they're seven-day periods. The first one is the, I think it's the third Saturday in October, and then it'll be the first. It, it comes in for seven days, and then it'll be the first Saturday in December, and it comes in for seven days, which it makes it really rough as far as killing one with a shotgun. Uh, we're allowed four turkeys. One can be a bearded gobbler, or you can take four hens, but only two of those can be took with a shotgun. Okay. The other, or you can shoot all four with archery is fine. Yeah. Which it's it's a little tough, and I mean, I know we'll get into that later, but I have packed a bow with my dog, and especially if, if training a new pup, it's sort of, it's challenging, and even with a crossbow, it's, it's challenging. But if you're hunting with somebody else, and they can take the bow with a crossbow, Crossbow is sort of ideal if you can get a good setup where it's not thick, but usually these birds, they don't want to back up out in the wide open where you got a good clear shot. And I've talked to the Department of Fish and Wildlife about trying to extend our shotgun season and, you know, with the decreased amount of kill this spring, which was not a good year to talk to them. So right. it was a, a late winter and got everything out of whack too. And there's probably been a decrease in population of turkeys, but you know, this spring I have seen a lot of poults. Actually, I have a group right here within uh, probably a mile of where I live that are three hens, and it was 15 poults, and they're down to 12 poults now. Oh, wow. On those three hens. Yeah, well. But we have a, a long season, but the shotgun season, which is, you know, would be my favorite part, uh, especially hunting with a dog, it's a very short period of time. Yeah. So is your deer season in at the same time your shotgun season is in for turkeys? Yeah. Yes, the uh, the archery season is in. It, it sort of falls around, I think our muzzleloader season, I wish I had the dates in front of me, uh, I think our muzzleloader season comes in um, one Saturday and Sunday. We have an early muzzleloader season in October. A Saturday and a Sunday, and then that following Saturday, our uh, turkey season comes in with a shotgun on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it goes out on Friday. So we only, you know, most guys don't even have vacation time left that time of year, and it really allows you to hunt two days because most guys aren't going to go try to find birds unless unless you've got them coming in. Um, you know, you're allowed to bait deer here in the state of Kentucky. You're not allowed to bait turkeys. So if you're hunting a farm that's baited, it's illegal, number one, for turkeys. And which you know, there's probably a lot harvested with a bow out of a tree stand over a corn pile, but I mean that's that's up to you. Mm-hmm. And and sort of, I, I don't know. I disagree with certain things on that. A neighbor a neighbor can hunt a property right next to you, and uh, say there's a bait pile within a hundred yards or fifty yards, and he can actually hunt the property next to you. But you may be on a three hundred acre farm, and you can't hunt it for turkey. Yeah, uh, which yeah. you know, like I said, some states I know that you can bait turkeys. Here, you're not allowed. Right. Well, so you can get out there and 
hunt turkeys on public land during deer season and still not run into any hunters. So that's a good a good thing. Yeah, yeah there's certain lands. They opened up a new WMA here. I don't really want to give away any names, but people are more than welcome to contact me because I will share some info. I just don't want to plaster it everywhere. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. you know, they opened up a new WMA, and the only thing, actually, my dog at the time, it was we were going into his first real season because I got him in the fall of 2016, and he was five months old at the time. But I took him on a new property that had opened up, and the only people that I ran into were people running beagles for rabbits mm. and which was not really a problem because it was you know i think it's it's a little over a thousand acres that new new property yeah and it's, of course you got the national forest here too that we try to take advantage of i've got a friend that's a biologist with the forestry service and we hunted down there last year and the opening i think it was a shotgun opener of october we hunted absolutely all day long and we covered almost 10 miles on foot and we never seen another person. Wow. And, yeah, it was an extremely, it was a long day. It was drizzling rain most all day and didn't make it really good, which I figured it would be good as far as leaving scent, but we just never, honestly, never got on any gangs of birds. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you, you're in Kentucky now. You born and raised there? and Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been here all my life. I actually live around the same place that I was born and been here my whole life. I started hunting at a young age with my dad, you know, mainly squirrel and rabbit hunting and there wasn't many there wasn't many turkeys around at that time, which I'm thirty four years old. They were born in eighty four and we're talking, you know, the mid nineties, early to mid nineties, there just wasn't many turkey here. I sort of took a lot into turkey hunting though. For some odd reason, I always watched Night in Hell when they had the old woods and wetlands. Yeah. I watched it. It sort of struck an interest. And actually, uh, my grandpa, before he had passed, he bought me a turkey vest when I was 13 years old. And I still have that vest, and it's never been in the woods, and it probably never will be. It's just, I guess, a lot of sentimental value. But I had a guy one time, he was an insurance salesman, took me out for my first scouting trip and around that same time, too. And I think that may have been the very same year I was in the seventh grade. We had to do a speech for class. And I had wrote Night in Hell and also Quaker Boy a letter. And they sent me some calls and stuff, which I had already used a few calls and learned how to use a diaphragm call and whatnot. And uh, I gave a speech on turkey hunting. And I had never been in the turkey woods at all. And it just sort of carried over. And probably a year, year and a half later, my dad, he quit hunting altogether. And, of course, I couldn't drive or anything, couldn't go anywhere. So it sort of slowly faded away and started training horses and shoeing horses. Actually, at the time, I just left hunting hanging. And then around 2007, I started back hunting and uh, sort of, man, I want to go turkey hunting, you know. Didn't really know anybody here. None of my family turkey hunted. I started the spring of 09 was my first year actually really turkey hunting. And I killed my first turkey in the fall of 09, which was when I started building turkey calls, actually, too. Well, I started building calls in October of 2009. I killed my first hen of December of 09. And it's just, I guess it built a fire from there and attended Nashville in the spring of 2010 and haven't really looked back. It's just really consume me and most everything I do as far as building turkey calls I'm actually the president of our local NWTF chapter here 
we do Jake's events and we were doing still target shoots until this year. We didn't have one. So yeah. I started learning turkey tax for me last year with the guy as well when I was sort of in a slow period and I competed, you know, last year in um, Asheville with that with my first turkey match. And of course I was turkey calls to different competitions and donations and sort of this turkey dogging thing came about because I, I was a box hunting in the fall and a lot of times when you're by yourself there's a lot of people they they want to deer hunt here you know yeah and that was another thing that got me more on public land was nobody really oh you're running a dog i don't want my part you know you're going to mess the deer up you're going to mess the deer up and actually that that really ain't true because a friend of mine he killed a really nice buck it was on christmas eve last year right after i had run my dog probably two hours later he killed me on the very same property oh that's pretty cool yeah yeah it's a it's a lot of fun yeah so your first turkey was a hen turkey that you killed in the in the fall or in the winter yeah yeah and it was the very last day of our last shotgun season in the fall i was actually working third shift and at that time, and I had got off work, and I came out and I was shooting an old New England 10-gauge single shot at that time with, a, um, you know, of course, the three-and-a-half-inch shells. And I hunted with that for a couple of years until I got an egg 35 that I hunted with. But, yeah, my very first turkey was a hen in the very last day of shotgun season of 09. That's awesome. So what, what really sparked your interest in turkey dogging? I mean, how did you first hear about it was it at the nwtf convention or how did no, you No, actually andy i was i went on a hunt up in nebraska with shane simpson uh, if you know him from colorado turkeys and yeah. he had a long which i knew shane i talked to shane and you know run into him at the nwtf and we sort of talked back and forth on facebook and everything and calling from time to time and you know probably since 2015 we we talked quite a bit and he invited me on a trip to Nebraska because I was going to go to Nebraska anyway in 2016, but he invited me on a trip, and there was a couple other guys that went, and uh, Tracy Green being one of them, if you've ever heard of him, he had an Appalachian turkey dog mm-hmm. that was a really good dog, and his other pup that he had, I think she was three three years old at the time when we were out there, and nobody, you know, like I said, nobody really knows a lot about, nobody really hears much about turkey dogs. And let alone turkey dogging in the springtime. But out right. west, you know, we, you know, Tracy's an outdoor rider, and that was going to be something that would be really neat. But even at that time, I probably wasn't as much interested in it until I got to thinking about it. It was after the fact, I guess after I got home, because he, he took her out. He really, conditions and stuff up there wasn't favorable at all. A plot that we had hunted, of course, it was public land. They, they roosted some turkeys in the spot. It was one of her next to last nights was the only trip that he took her out. And he bugged, these birds flew down out of the roost in this little patch of woods, but they was in the center of a huge field. And actually, I wasn't on. The, the other three guys went with him, and I was back at a, another location trying to harvest my third Nebraska turkey at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard him talk that, the dog busted the turkeys, scattered them out, and that's, of course, what you want to do. But they flew out in the field. 
Well, so when they fly out in the field, they're going to gather back together in the field. They're not going to walk back in the woods for you to shoot one, you know, of course. Right. And that's sort of, you know, I've hunted them here in the fall. And like I said, I don't really like to deer hunt. I don't like to sit, and I know you're a running gun style guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of how I hunt. I like to make something happen. If it's not going to happen, I like to move on. And that's sort of how I am in the fall, too. And not saying that I don't have any patience to sit and wait, but I would rather be, you know, doing something. Right. So I got to talking to Tracy after that. And, you know, what you can probably Google turkey dogging, and there might be four or five things come up. J.T. Byrne, which was there at that seminar, of course, he comes up with the Burns dogs. There's mm-hmm. a few other breeders that, that breed dogs, but you just got to find them. It's one of those things that's not plastered everywhere. It's sort of, when I first started doing this, they were saying it's more like a cult. You know, yeah. it's sort of low key. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people, you know, think it thinks that it's it's crazy or or whatever. I mean, they can believe what they want to believe until they've really done it. It's something. You know, like I said, I was raised rabbit hunting, and we use dogs. And these dogs here, you use them sort of the same way, but they're completely different. You know, when we have beagles for rabbits, they stayed in the pen. These dogs here, they're your pet. I mean, they're your those are family pet. Most guys have them living in the house with them. Yeah. You know, they're riding in the vehicles in the front seat, and then they're busting turkeys and laying beside them an hour later. Yeah. So it's really cool because they become your friend, and it's a little bit different style of hunting versus maybe, say, training a coon dog or a squirrel dog or even a beagle. Right. For that matter. Well, tell us a little bit about your dog. So what breed and sex, age, Where'd you get the dog and so on and so forth? Okay, my first dog, I actually, I picked up number two three weeks ago, but my first dog I've got is what you call a Virginia dropper. Um, a lot of them are red and white or, you know, black and white. They have a lot of white in them. And my dog, he's a he's a male and he's two years old. He turned he turned two in August and he's solid black with a little bit of white on his chest. And I sort of like that about him because he is a darker color, you know. It's mm-hmm. A lot of guys that, that hunt with the wider dog, you know, they do what you call bag training. And once they break the turkeys and they come back to you, they'll get in a bag or cover them up, and which I was training my dog to, to do the same thing, not as far as the bag, but I had a, a leafy jacket that I would throw over top of him. Yeah. And when I would hunt by myself, I wouldn't use the jacket to throw. I'd just let him sit open. So he knew pretty much what was going on. Just try to keep him calm. But if I was hunting with somebody else, I would go ahead and cover him up. Right. I wouldn't have to worry about a gun or anything in my hands. But I would let somebody else shoot. But he's a, like I said, he's what you call a Virginia dropper. They're sort of a mixed style dog. They have a setter and pointer in them. Okay. And uh, he comes from Virginia, actually. Uh, Tracy found this pup for me at the time, and. I got a hold of the guy to buy it, and we worked it out, made things happen, and he sort of split the driving with me, and I believe it was Veterans Day in 2016 that I made the trip to Virginia, and 10 hours later, I had my very first turkey dog put. Yeah. And I spent a lot of hours with him, working him, teaching him what he needed to do, and I just sort of, I really like working the dog. I mean, it, it seems like when I take him out, even for a run and just try to break turkeys, it's more about him than it is about me pulling a trigger or me 
And of course, that's his award, you know, is seeing right. what he's doing at four. Yeah. And then I recently, three weeks ago, I was I had full intentions of, of buying a Boykin Spaniel female, and I had drove to the place here in Kentucky to pay a deposit on a female pup that was four weeks old, and I ended up coming home with a 13-month-old male <laughs> that had never been around turkeys, tent, turkeys. He'd probably been on a leash maybe a time or two, but he didn't really act like he'd been on a leash much. A guy had told me that he had retrieved a dove at three months old, and that's about it. That's about all I knew about him. I liked the way he looked. I fooled with him there for about an hour. I ended up, instead of paying a deposit on the female, I, I came home with an older male, which I was sort of sort of worried about. And actually, I'm probably training him just for turkey. I'm working with him as well as being a retriever for dove and ducks. He loves water and He's already made huge progress. He's a really smart dog. And, you know, the boy can spaniel. That is a turkey dog. That's what they were going for. It's a South Carolina state dog. So that's a that's a pretty good breed, too. But one characteristic that all turkey dogs like is a dog that really barks when they start breaking turkeys. Mm-hmm. That way you know what they're doing, just like a rabbit dog or a coon dog. Or, you know, you keep going back to that. But if you want them, you really would like for them to break on a bark. And uh, my boy can right now, that's sort of where I'm at with him. I've had him break one plot so far, and he didn't bark at all, which he done a really good break, scattered the turkeys, you know, but he didn't bark. So that's that's sort of what I'm working with right now. And as far as training goes, I've, I've pretty much done all the training, you know, help of asking questions from a few different other turkey doggers that do the same thing. Yeah. What what are some of your training techniques? Are you working with turkey wing or tail or? Yeah, you know when I started there, which is my first dog, I mainly I started out with a wing. Um, I would I would drag, I would make scent drags. I'd sort of, and you know it's a good thing about working with a small pup. A lot of these guys start them seven or eight weeks old, and that's probably your best time to with the wing, and I would make just short drags and try to hide it, you know, and of course praising when he finds it, and um, that's about the easiest way. Some guys use tails. Uh, this boy can uh, use the tail on him, so just any part of the turkey. I, actually, I've used feet. I've cut I've cut feet off. You don't really want them to play with it as a toy. You don't want mm-hmm. them to sit around and chew on it for 15 minutes or nothing. You know, like I said, when I, when I got there and 2016, that spring, when I killed my first spring, 2017 bird, I brought it home, and I let him, you know, smell it and go on, and he had already broke a bunch of turkeys. He knew what they were, and barked really good on a break, and, you know, and then sitting beside of you, that, that's probably one of the hardest things, I guess, because as far as smelling birds, that's him. That's bred into them. Uh, yeah. Your Virginia dropper dogs, your bounce dogs, those dogs, they're, most of the time they're going to bark, bark, and that's a good thing, so you really don't have to worry about that much. But as far as staying calm beside of you, because you're trying to call in, you know, a turkey, and, you know, they can see everything. Mm-hmm. And you don't want him over there moving, making a lot of racket. You know, you want to keep him calm, teaching the, the sleigh there. A lot of the dogs, you know, they'll, I've heard that they'll go to sleep, you know, they're, 100 mile an hour one minute, and they'll go to sleep the next minute. 
Yeah. Um, Bear, he's a little bit more antsy. He he wants to go and keep on going. That day I told you that me and that other guy done 10 miles on the GPS car. He'd done 21 and a half miles that day. Wow. And I believe he was, I think he was 16 months old at that time. He really, really tried and, I mean, covered a lot of ground. Yeah. But, yeah, training takes a lot of time to get them. You know, I still work with Bear, you know, from day to day. I did start playing with him, which I'm probably spending more time on this boy than I bought because he's not old, and I'm trying to get him to do more than just turkey. Yeah, yeah. I want him to be sort of a universal dog, and at his age, I know he can learn, so that's why I'm trying to do it. Yeah. So, Bear, your first dog, Yeah. did he just bark naturally on a break? Or yeah, is that, okay. yeah. I'm, he, I didn't really have to do anything. Um, there's probably a few different techniques that you can try to get a dog to break, and I mean to bark on a break. That is one of the. That's probably one of the hardest things, I guess, as well. You know, along with laying still. But it, it's great if they bark naturally, because me and a few other guys, you know, we'll talk back and forth. If this dog or that dog's not barking, you know, and you'll work day and day and day. And you'll try to get them excited with a wing or or whatever. To get them to bark, and you start playing and working, and which you know it's great. I, I'm thinking if, if I'll know here soon with this boy can, but you know, for a dog not barking and break, you'll pretty much have to let them keep listen as far as what they're doing because they'll zigzag, you know, to try to chase the birds that are running, of course. Mm-hmm. And which bear, I mean, I can tell by his bark exactly what he'll do, but a lot of times gets close to the fresh scent, he'll let out a bark or two. But then when he gets into them and he starts scattering, I mean, he he's, it's wide open. It's really, he gets into it. You know, some guys, you know, some guys probably don't want their dogs to range out far, but I think there's only four of us guys here in Kentucky that I know of, me and three others, and our dogs range out far to find birds. There's an I guess, and there's also a disadvantage. Um, you're not really close to the action when it happens. And, yeah. it, you know, if you ever broke any flops in the fall by running into them or um, however you've tried to break them, that you really want to be where you broke that flop to call them back. Mm-hmm. And the closer you are, you might ID the birds, whether they're gobblers or hens and poults or whatever. That way you know the style of calling that you need to call to get them to call, call them back in. Right. Yeah, so I think go ahead. You, I think your phone may cut out a little bit. You said that your dog, that bear, does range out a pretty good ways, or yes, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He will range out. He he has broke turkeys by sight, sound, and smell by seeing them. He's broken by seeing them. He's broken by hearing them. I got a flock. Actually, it was across a property line that I was not able to go to, which was sort of the bad part last fall. I started kicking on a mouth call because I'd heard a hen yelp, and she got to yelping. And I started watching my GPS, which my dog was out hunting. I mean, he was out doing his thing. And we was on a real steep ridge, and she started yelping on the other side. And I started watching my GPS, and here he come. He kept getting closer and closer and closer to me. And he rounded the point, and I seen him standing. He didn't see me. He didn't know mm-hmm. where I was at. Yeah. I seen him standing, and he was looking directly across uh, just a big, deep holler and listening to that hen yelp. And he dropped straight down and ended up, 
he he went up the other side. The next thing I know, he was pushing almost 600 yards when he got into that group of turkeys wow. and scattered them absolutely everywhere. <laughs> but there was a downfall. I was not anywhere near the action, and there was nothing I could do. The turkeys was actually roosted right close to where I was standing. But they, when they flew down that morning, they must have hit the ground running and went to the other side. Yeah, you know we were we were actually our game plan that morning. We were set up in a, a food plot that they had planted for deer, and they had pictures of turkeys coming in there eating the wheat. And the guy that was with me, we had a game plan. I had my dog with me, and we were hoping they were going to hit that field that morning. And we were just sitting there, just patiently waiting. We heard the turkeys fly down. They never came in the field. It was probably an hour later. You know what we were wanting to do was turkeys come out in the field he was going to make a shot and hopefully kill one and i was going to turn my dog loose just get a good scatter and then we yeah. were going to try to kill number two yeah but as in turkey hunting it's that's still what it is it's turkey hunting yeah yeah the plan didn't work at all yeah that that sounds like every one of my hunts the plan just doesn't work at all <laughs> so we i did i did get the harvest hen over in this fall we made a break about was getting close to, it was probably two hours within the roost time. And I, I sort of knew a location that I had seen some turkeys. It was in the boat group. And it was in the October season last year. And uh, we made a we made a break. And it was not, it probably wasn't five minutes. They started calling and I started keying on a diaphragm. And next thing I know, they were here. And I shot a hen, actually. So that was his first, you know, bird that, or the first bird that I got to harvest with him. Yeah. And without him, I mean, I, I probably couldn't have made it happen of that. Other than running into him and scattering them out, I really don't know other than, you know, you can sort of sit where they're going to be and make feeding calls or whatnot, and they may show up, and then they, again, they may not. But with the aid of a dog, he'll, he'll do his best to try to find them if they're anywhere close. Yeah, yeah. And he can cover a whole lot more ground than I can. Heck yeah, two to one. Oh yeah, from your yeah, ten mile I mean, trek, that's that's a lot yeah. of walking or running in his case up and down hills and yeah. hollows and man, yeah. yeah, yeah. That guy that was with me, I think we had reached a place that I don't know. We were maybe five and a half mile back, six mile back out of the road. You know, it was gated off. And we had to walk, and uh, I looked, and the dog had done around twelve mile. And he said, "Man, you think he's getting tired?" I said, oh, "Honestly, I said I don't know." I said. I don't know if he is or not. I mean, luckily we had plenty of water for him to drink, you know, because mm-hmm. it was raining, of course, and he just he stayed really, really well, and I mean, he didn't really ever give up. And I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we ended up going back the next day, not to the same place, but you know, I hunted him the next day as well. Yeah, you don't, you don't really know. I guess by him having the bird dog bred into their athlete for sure. Yeah, which I think he, you know, he weighs 42 pounds and pretty nice athletic dog for sure right yeah so you're hunting hens and gobblers in the fall or do you hunt only hens or what typically are you going after when i'm hunting with him it's anything that comes in i'm okay. not really going to be selective but my preference target hens for certain things, i guess other well i think you should shoot hen, but of course, in all state colleges, you know, we can pick up four for all of you here. You don't really want to, if you are 
lucky enough to make a good break all turkey back and you don't want to pass either one mm-hmm. so whether it be a pole or a mature hen or probably a you don't really want to pass it because he sees that and like, you know hey he's waiting on you to do your part because he's done his part yeah yeah he, he's there you know he's there to try to make you happy too oh yeah there's no doubt about that so what advice would you give to someone listening to us on the podcast who may be thinking, hey, that sounds pretty interesting. It sounds like something I'd be interested in doing and learning more about and maybe even getting my own dog. What would be your advice to that person? I, I say right now the best place to find uh, information for social media is turkey hunting with turkeys his page put up John Freeze. He actually runs the American Wild Dog Association. And he has published a book and I think he's come out with the fifth revision this year. And uh, you can join uh, I can't remember how much it costs, twenty, twenty, thirty bucks like that to join and you'll get that book. And it'll teach you training tactics as far as training the dog. I mean you can reach out to those guys or any of us and they'll sort of you know, possibly set you in the right direction of maybe who to talk to. Or, as you know, there's not many people to even go with. Turkey Trout Acres up in New York. I'm, I know they do. I know. I know they do a fall turkey parking. Um, right. You know, of course, JT Byrne. I don't think he does Facebook. Uh, yeah, Burns he's dogs. on Facebook. Oh, is he, his yeah. wife or something. Maybe? Yeah, his wife's okay. on there. Yeah, I know he gave me a card down at the seminar. Uh, Really, I mean, those guys are, are really, really full of information because they have been doing it for years. I mean, you take a guy like me that's just been doing it for, you know, going into my second turkey dog in season. I had him out, you know, in 16, which this could be my third, but it's really, this is my second season with him. We can sort of help you some, um, but those guys, they're, you know, full, full of information as far as training tactics, what dogs possibly to look at, of course, you know, where to find a dog. Because that's few and far between, too. I've only right. heard of maybe three litters, unless you want to go the Boykin route. You know, I know they raise them in Georgia and South Carolina, Mississippi, real common in that area. And they, they are guys that hunt with Boykins. I know David Halloran, he hunts with a Boykin. Another guy in Pennsylvania, he hunts with Boykins and the Boytail breed, which is a, I hear is a really good breed. And I, I passed up on a female last year, and I'm sort of kicking myself for that now but those dogs you really can't find many of those either so yeah. as far as your dropper dogs they're mainly most guys i guess the raised dropper dogs they are in virginia yeah and i can't really think of some of those guys and that right off i have them i've got them you know, talk to them from time to time but that is a it's something if you could get with somebody to try it out first, you know. But it, it's me. I really hadn't even tried it out until I'd done it myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I just I was just hooked from the get go because here I am working with an animal. You know, it's it's sort of I guess it's the reason why I got into building turkey calls. It's once you build a turkey call and you're able to harvest a turkey with something that you build, and then here you are. You've, you've trained a dog, or it's naturally bred into them, but you've worked with them enough, and you feel like you've really succeeded at something oh yeah and it gives it much more meaning especially you know like the guys loaded pss i had to start doing that too so now i'm shooting turkeys with something while i'm loading and yeah and i recently you know i, I think i told you that i switched over to the muzzle loader and sort of 
it's just it's got a little bit more of a not saying advantage to it, but it means something when you actually do harvest an animal. Absolutely. Well, you know, those guys, JT Byrne and even Steve Hickoff, they're great resources and they are more than happy to share information with anybody yeah. who wants to learn more about it. I was really interested in getting you on because you have just recently gotten into it. And so, you know, I, I think there's probably some people listening to the to the show that think, man, that would be fun. You know, I'm looking for a new dog and it'd be really cool to have a turkey dog, you know, one that I could yeah. do what I love doing and have it doing what it loves to do. And it'd be the same thing. And so, yeah, you know, I, that's that's really the number one reason why I wanted to get you on the show is just to talk about how does someone get into it because they're the resources are and when I say limited, you know what I'm talking about. The resources oh, are plentiful, yeah. but they're scarce. Yes, at yes. The same they're, time. they're not they're not plastered everywhere. Exactly. Um, those guys, you know, what I hear stories of the reason why there's not you know, pups running everywhere is because those guys really don't breed until they eat another dog. I mean, you know, they're not breeding and selling to make money. Right. They're breeding and selling to guys to, you know, they're, they're reasonable dogs, especially the dropper dogs and stuff. I mean, they're reasonably priced. Of course, you don't get papers with them. They're not registered dogs. Uh, the Appalachian turkey dogs possibly are. I'm not really, you know, that's what JT, you know, Dad John had started raising. Right. I've not read a whole lot on those, even though that was probably the first pictures of turkey dogs that I had came across. Uh, I think in turkey country now, the publication of NWTF, they are advertising it a little bit more, and possibly there there will be more people doing it. You know, I was so glad that they done that seminar at the at the convention. You know, I, I, even after you left, I think after the seminar was over, me and my little boy, we stayed there and talked to JT and Scott and Steve for at least another hour after that seminar. Wow. And just, you know, actually, I didn't do much talking. I done more listening. Yeah. So I was trying to learn absolutely everything that I could, you know. And if you do have an interest in it, there are a few, you know, there are several people, I guess, that you could reach out to. And Facebook is a good place to start because it will have more information than, you know, Google. You can't just punch in Google or even go to YouTube. Yeah. I, I had put a YouTube video actually on, on just a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, of bear breaking a flock of turkeys last year. And I was mainly just trying to get vocalization of, of him barking. And, and I had it on my phone, and I just downloaded it to YouTube. I think it's the very first video that I put up. So yeah. it's on there somewhere. And uh, you can sort of see, uh, you'll see a few turkeys take off running and flying. And, you know, they were probably 10 to 12 turkeys in that flock. That was actually the flock that we ended up probably two to three weeks later. You know, I was lucky enough to harvest one out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to try to look that up. That'd be fun to watch and fun to listen to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you like to hear the dog bark, I mean, I hear that's why a lot of guys hear the dog bark. It's one of those things when they're barking and, and you really like turkeys. I mean, you love turkeys. You love the turkey hunt. It's sort of, and that's one of the reasons, I guess, that I pretty much almost quit deer hunting. I'm going to say almost because I'll still occasionally go, but nothing like I used to. I used to take off the day before deer season came in here 
just to get myself ready. And anymore, I just, it's it's been turkey, wild turkey 365 is what I call it. And that's yeah. pretty much what goes on here. So anything that I can learn and do, and I mean, you know, like I said earlier, our season is from, if you really want to get out from September, that first Saturday in September to, you know, I think it's either the second or third Monday of January, you can actually chase turkeys if you want to. Yeah. And especially a good sport, I mean, you know, two or three people, especially in the fall. And when you make a, if you're lucky enough, your dog breaks a flock, you have all different kinds of vocalizations. People say turkeys don't gobble in the fall. I mean, they do. It's fun. You know, it takes a lot longer to get a group of turkey, of gobblers in than it does, say, hens and poles, but they're worth it when they come in. Yeah, good deal. Well, I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to reach out to me and then be willing to come on this call with me. And Oh, yeah, no problem. Let people learn a little bit more about the sport, first of all, but then secondly, how they can get some more information on it and maybe even dip their toes into it and get them a dog. And so that's been a, a big help, and I appreciate that. And You know, you already know, you listen to the show, but I love talking turkeys, so I can talk. <laughs> I can talk Me about too. them all day and all night. And, you know, I, Me too, and it's... It's not so much always about the spring hunt. You know, I, I killed my very first one in the fall, and if I hadn't been for a fall season, it would probably have been the next year before I killed one. So yeah, um, I was, you know, fortunate enough to take one, and even though several states offer a good amount of shotgun season time, and I, I sort of wish we did, but um, they've got it that way for a reason. Our biologists never has given me a reason. Yeah, We have plenty of time, you know, even Pennsylvania, you can be out there hunting with a shotgun and people are hunting with a rifle. And, you know, here they won't open it up around another season. Yeah. So that being said, you know, there's plenty of states. I think Wisconsin, you know, Michigan, I think there's, what, 30 states now that you can hunt turkeys with a dog. Yeah, I think it's it's and, up there, you know. Yeah, in the fall. I think that's something that Steve and JT have been, you know, among others, have been working on you know, trying to get more yeah. states to, to legalize it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it takes. It takes more than one person to sort of voice it out because, you know, even like South Carolina, their state dog, the boys and Spaniels, a red turkey dog. You're, you can't even fall turkey hunting in the state of South Carolina. Right. They don't even have a fall season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, two quick questions for you. So do you know what your YouTube handle is? It, it's possibly, I think I just... It's on Daryl Hall, I believe. My my turkey calls are reached record custom calls, but I don't think I put that under there on, on the YouTube channel. I believe it's just Daryl Hall. D A R R E L L. You know when H-A-L. you type that when you type that into YouTube, all you get is Hall of Notes. <laughs> I, I figured that. <laughs> I figured that. That's it not all you get, but that's that's what's on the first page anyway. So you said yeah, you're – go ahead. I posted two videos on there. There's only two videos that I have posted so far. And you said the name of your turkey call company is Roost Wrecker? Yeah, Roost Wrecker Custom Calls, yeah. Okay. All right. So let's see. I'm, I'm looking at there. There's Roost Wrecker. Well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to look around on YouTube a little bit more, and I'll find it and point everybody directly to that video. So they can watch Yeah, that I can try to find it and send it to you there. All right. So my 
Next question to you, are you willing enough to share information with people that might want more information to give your phone number out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're wanting to talk turkey hunting and especially turkey hogging, yeah, I'll be more glad to share information. Or would you um, rather them hit you up on Facebook? Uh, either one's fine. I mean, Facebook is a great way to catch me, you know, just through Messenger. Or that's possibly the best way, and then we can exchange phone numbers and talk from there. Okay. You know, All that's right. sort of how I got in contact with, you know, other than meeting Tracy and hunting with Tracy, that's sort of how I got in contact with him. And then he got me in contact with another guy that um, put me in contact with the guy that I got my dog from to get started. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we all try to help each other out. And even as far as, you know, we talked about earlier about training, we'll help each other out um, just behind the scenes and even as call makers go, too. We all do the same thing. If somebody's having problems, we may not just make it a public post, but we talk behind the scenes and try to work each other's things out that we may be having issues with. Right, yeah. Well, that's one thing that I've noticed about turkey hunters, unless you're asking someone where their turkeys are roosted they'll pretty much share some information with you (laughs) exactly any deer hunters won't do that will they no not at all not at all i guess that's one thing you know there's many things that i really like about turkey hunting and and that's one of them and you know you don't have to go alone you can take i've had as many i've been on a wounded warrior hunt that we had five people in the group and we was trying to hide three people on one tree and one of the warriors he almost was able to take a shot but he froze up oh. so you know that would have been a dead turkey and then a, a guy that's on uh, my committee we uh, dropped back over a hillside and pulled him right across over the top where three people was sitting on a tree yeah and we were not uh, lucky enough to make that happen so but we tried yeah well, I did find that video. So it is on Roost Wrecker Custom Calls. It is on oh, okay. that YouTube channel. So you guys can okay. type that in and, and find that video there. Daryl, I appreciate your time and sharing yeah, no your experience about turkey dogging with us. And, you know, I think that, well, it's something that's fascinating to me. And I think that it is that way for a lot of people. When I first did the show with JT about turkey dogging, I can't tell you how many people reached out to me and said, man, I didn't even know that was a thing. You yeah. Know, yeah. Awesome. A lot of people here, a lot of people here don't realize it. Yeah. Um, I, I joke around a lot of times and they'll say, well, how, how does a turkey dog even work? And I said, well, man, it runs up the tree and shakes them out. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always crack up with them and, you know, you'll have people that think they know what a turkey dog does, and they actually don't. Yeah. But you know, it, it is really, and especially, you know, like I said, many states offer it that you're able to do it, and it, it makes a good time in the woods. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Well, good deal. Well, stay in touch with me, and I will. I'll tell you what, let's do. Anybody that wants to get in touch with Daryl, if you want his phone number, email me. Otherwise, reach out to him on Facebook and message him on Facebook, and I would just about guarantee he's going to get back with you. He's been so quick to respond to me with anything that that I put on there, and I'm terrible on Facebook. I'm super slow, but he's always quick to respond. So, Daryl, I I do appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us and taking time out of your busy day to 
chat with us more about the sport. And I wish you a lot of luck because it's go time for you here soon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I much appreciate being on the show. Like I said, I don't care to help anybody out. That's I volunteer to do a lot of things. So talking yeah. turkeys, perfect one for me. Well, good deal. Well, don't don't forget me when you put a turkey or two down this fall. Send right. some pictures. I'm, I'm fixing to load my boykin up here shortly. We're going to go try to work more with him and see what we can find. Good deal. All right. Well, lots of luck to you, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. And we'll hopefully be able to see some pictures of you and your dogs and some dead turkeys. Oh, yeah. I hope so. All right. Have a great afternoon. All right. Goodbye. That is pretty cool stuff, is it not? Daryl, thank you for not only listening to the show, but for taking time out to let us know about your journey into the world of turkey dogging. It was really informative for me, and I'm sure that a lot of listeners learned a great deal as well. If you guys want to chat with Daryl about turkey dogging or maybe even buying a turkey call from him, then hit him up on Facebook. His username is Daryl Hall, that's D-A-R-R-E-L-L-H-A-L-L, and then there's two letters after that, that's R-W, that's Daryl Hall R-W. I know that Daryl would be happy to talk to you and share any information that he has about turkey dogging and how you guys can get into the sport. So if you don't mind this week doing me a favor, I would love for you to like and share the social media post for this week's show. That would be a huge help for me. So if you'll do that on Facebook and Twitter, I would be much appreciative. That's all that I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.